0: Welcome to Beside the Burn for Tuesday, the 8th of February. We're continuing in Daniel, Daniel chapter 4, beginning at verse 10 today and reading down to verse 17. And it, we're continuing into the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. He's asked the wise men, they haven't been able to interpret it for him. At last, Daniel has showed up, and Daniel is now about to interpret the dream as the um, king tells him what it is. So let's read from verse 10 onwards and see what God would teach us today from this passage. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. And so Nebuchadnezzar begins to explain what the dream was. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong and its top reached to heaven and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. This first part of the dream appears to be quite positive. The tree is in the midst of the earth, so it's talking about, or it's reminding us of early Genesis in the Garden of Eden and the tree of life that was planted in the middle of the garden. So, this tree that is here is a good, wholesome tree. Its height was great so there's no other tree like it it is unique and then as we read on the tree grew and became strong so this idea of of growing is a bit like the stone that came to topple the great statue where it started off as a stone and then it grew and grew and grew into a great mountain so again it's that same idea it became strong And its top reached to heaven and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. So here we have a a tree that's also making it, not only making us think about the good tree in the Garden of Eden, the tree of life, but it's then also making us think about Babel and the Tower of Babel because the top of this tree is reaching to heaven. So it's a great tree. And its height is great. It's reaching up to heaven. There's almost a little ominous clue here that there could be a problem, that it's getting too big for itself, this tree. And everyone on earth is able to see it. Such is the size of the tree. Then we go into verse 12 and again these are great positive statements that are being made about the tree. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant and it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. So here we have a tree that's providing food for all. It's providing shelter and shade under it. The birds are able to live in it and um, all flesh was fed from it. So everything in creation is relying upon this tree. So we might be thinking to ourselves, does this tree represent God? But as we'll see in the interpretation the tree is Nebuchadnezzar. This is how powerful he is on the earth. He is the ruler of the earth. And There's nothing negative being said about him here. Then verse 13, I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed and behold, a watcher, a holy one came down from heaven. We're not told much about this watcher. In some other translations it says it's a messenger. So this person, this being is probably an angel that comes down, a holy one. So it's a good angel, a good messenger coming down from heaven. And this watcher, this messenger is going to speak and, and, and bring commands and say what is to happen. And here we find that in verse 14. And we, we see an element of judgment here in verse 14 coming. He, the uh, the messenger, proclaimed, so he is speaking, this watcher. He proclaimed aloud and said, thus, chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches. So one moment, Nebuchadnezzar is riding high in his dream that everything is great and everything's relying upon him. But now the tree is being cut down and everything flees from it. It no longer sustains life, people no longer rely upon it, and Nebuchadnezzar is going to be destroyed, it would appear. So this is now a frightening message. But It's not going to be completely destroyed. There is still hope. Look at verse 15. But leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. So the stump is mentioned here in this verse and that makes us think of Isaiah's prophecy of Jesus that uh, the stump of Jesse uh, would uh, grow and uh, would come and would be the Messiah. And so there's a sense of hope here for the future. There's a stump of the tree, everything's been destroyed, but the bit of the stump is going to be there and it's going to be bound with iron and bronze and that takes us back to the the statue of chapter 2. And we wonder if there's any link there at all. And the stump holds out the possibility of growth. But then notice how all of this changes. One moment we're talking about a tree and a stump. But then halfway through the verse, we start talking about him. Let him be wet. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. So um, immediately the, the message is turning towards Nebuchadnezzar, and there's no escaping that this is about him. So th- this is not an empire this time, it is a person. Chapter 2, the statue was about all the kingdoms and empires, but now we're looking at an individual. And the tree was giving shelter to the beasts, but now we're going to find out that the be- that the man becomes a beast, and there's a, a turnaround and a switch here. And it's going to last for a set period, uh, seven periods of time, possibly seven years, but we don't know exactly. So verse 16, let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. So Nebuchadnezzar here is going to uh, suffer um, mental illness And he's going to become like a beast in the field. And he's no longer going to be functioning as a king in charge. But as people look at him, he's going to be drinking the dew of the land and eating the grass. And that is how he's going to be seen now. The incredible thing is that the stump is going to be left, so there is a possibility of coming out of this. But how does a great and mighty king ever come out of such a situation? He'll be shown to be weak here if this takes place, and yet God will raise him up again and again. The whole point of the story is pointing us towards the fact that God is in control of all of this. It's not Nebuchadnezzar, it's not the people of Babylon, it's not anybody else. It is only God who can take such a mighty man and bring him low and take such a man who is low and raise him up again. Let's finish with verse 17. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets it over the lowliest of men. Why are we given this chapter that's written by Nebuchadnezzar here? To the end. Here's the end. Here's the reason why we're given it that the living may know, so that's all of the Israelites who are in captivity in Babylon, living in exile, but not only them, also all the residents of Babylon as well, that they may know that the Most High, and now look at that, there's a title of God, look at the capital letters being used there, and Most and High, we're now referring to the Lord God Almighty, the Most High, that he rules the kingdom of men. Hold on a moment. I thought it was you, Nebuchadnezzar, that you were the ruler. Nebuchadnezzar is saying, no, it's the most high. Because look at what happened to me. And gives it to whom he will and sets it over the lowliest of men. God decides. He gives authority to one and takes it from another. He raises up who he wants and brings low who he wants. God decides all these things we haven't got to the interpretation but it's just a little bit of advance notice as to what it's going to be and let's trust in what god says to us so let's pray heavenly father once again we thank you for this passage from daniel and this testimony of nebuchadnezzar that here is a man who has no interest in you and yet he is beginning to talk about the most high God and he's listening to these watchers who are bringing this message. And Lord, we pray that we might listen to you and hear your voice, that we might not be so busy and so full of other things that we crowd out your voice and it's so quiet we can't hear it. Lord, help us to make room in our lives so that we do hear you And whenever we hear you, that we might obey you. For Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.